Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back. Happy Wednesday. It's hump day. That's right. Wednesday. We're halfway there. It's Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. That's right. If you're wondering why in the world does he call the show Let's Ride? Like, I don't get it. Well, if you listen to the Monday show, you heard the audio at the beginning of the show with Joey Porter famously after the 2005. Now he didn't just do this in 2005. This was kind of like the battle cry for the Steelers. It was the who ride, we ride, who ride, we ride, let's ride on three, one, two, three, let's ride. That was their thing. It continues today. Joey Porter was the one in the middle of the circle back then. Then it went to James Harrison. Then it was Ryan Shazier. Then it was Vince Williams for a little bit. And I believe TJ Watt is the one that definitely leads the course now. But that's where, that's where the name came from. Let's ride. Now, in case you've missed our first two episodes on Monday and Tuesday, that's okay. You can go back and listen to them on anywhere you find your podcast. at Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it. We are there. Even Pandora. I was shocked. Kind of. I was stunned, but I was pretty. It's pretty cool to find your podcast on Pandora. Uh, but we're everywhere this week, Monday through Friday. Next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Moving forward, as we put in two other shows, not with Jeff Hartman, but with Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. So let's get right to things today. I am an optimist. Let's get that out of the way. For those that listen to podcasts with behind the steel curtain for a long time, you know that I am the Homer. I am a Steelers fan. That's one of the benefits of being at an SB Nation site. It is fan-driven, meaning we are fans just like you are fans listening to this. I want the Steelers to win just like you want the Steelers to win. Unlike those that maybe write for the Post-Gazette or the Tribune Review or ESPN, they have to remain neutral. Even if they were raised in the Pittsburgh area, even if they bleed black and gold, they have to hide it. It's got to be difficult. It has in my two months away. I had to hide it. I'll be honest. I had to hide it and it was very difficult. All the writing that you do has to be neutral. All the podcasts that you do have to be neutral. And you know what? I'm a very passionate fan. Ask anyone that knows me. I love Pittsburgh sports. That's the pirates, penguins and Steelers, but the Steelers obviously have the largest section of my heart based on the fact that it has become a source of income. It's become a job and it's a, it's more of a passion than a job. It's still, I'm an optimist. When we used to do the Homer and the Hater show with Lance Williams, I was the Homer. And Lance would always yell at me, hey, come on, Homer, you can't always be a Homer. Well, that's what this episode is all about. I, I'm kind of shocked that I'm even doing this episode, but here I am with the title. It's not, it's not always sunny in Pittsburgh. And that's always, uh, everyone knows that that is referring to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the comical FX show. That's based on the other side of the Keystone State in Pennsylvania. But it's not always sunny in Pittsburgh. Now, granted, if you've ever been in and around western Pennsylvania, you know that it's sometimes hardly ever sunny in Pittsburgh. It's kind of a dreary town. But still, it's not always sunny is referring to the fact that even though there is so much optimism about this season, I'm not talking about the coronavirus stuff, okay? I'm going to do a podcast on that eventually at some point. I don't know when. I will do a podcast that is completely devoted to COVID-19 and the NFL progressing into the regular season, but that's not today. Take that away. There is a ton of optimism 
surrounding this upcoming season in 2020. Ben Roethlisberger is back. He spoke to the media on Tuesday. Matt Canada spoke to the media on Tuesday. Everyone is excited, and rightfully so. The defense is great. They are elite. They could be even better than this than last season in this season. But that doesn't mean that everything is going to be sunshines and sunshine and rainbows. It's just not going to work that way. It never works that way. It is never, never, never smooth sailing for any team. Anyone remember how Patrick Mahomes got hurt last season? He dislocated his kneecap. Shoot, you you could poll every single Kansas City Chiefs fan and say, did you think Mahomes was done when you saw him laying there and his kneecap was on the side of his leg? They'd probably tell you yes. We thought he was done for the year. And he was. We, there goes our season. There goes our, our Super Bowl. He was able to come back. We know how that finished. No season is perfect. Go back to every Super Bowl season the Steelers have ever had, all six seasons, or if you even want to go to the ones where they lost, those seasons, nothing went smooth. I mean, 2005, heck, they, they almost missed the playoffs. They were the sixth seed. We all know how that ended. Uh, you talk about injuries to key players. Like, you know, when Roethlisberger had the knee injury that season, or you talk about, I, I could go on and on. There's always trials and tribulations when it comes to football seasons. And this year, in 2020, is going to be no different. And so this is the time where, for me, I'm going to take my black and gold glasses off, put them over here on my desk right there. And I'm going to try to take a good hard look at the concerns about this team entering 2020. There are concerns. There are, there are glaring concerns. Some of these concerns are the same for every team in the NFL, all 32 clubs, all 32 organizations. It does not matter. There are some concerns that are uniformed across the landscape, but then there's some concerns that are specific to Pittsburgh. And I think that it's important that we talk about these because some of these can actually be remedied. Some of these cannot. Some of them are strictly reactionary. And what I mean by that is that it's going to be you, this happens and you have to respond and how well do you respond will dictate how well you do in the season. And that's going to be the first thing that we talk about. So it's not always sunny in Pittsburgh because why injuries, 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 injuries. Every team deals with them. Some of them have already dealt with them. You always hear about those off-season or training camp Achilles uh, Achilles tendon injuries. You hear about the ACL tears. You hear about the pectoral injuries. You hear about injuries all the time where a player season is cut short, whether it's the almost the entire season or whether it is you know just a few games. Either way, injuries always happen. How can that impact a season? Hello, do I have to go back and show you 2019 again? Ben Roethlisberger in the second quarter against Seattle, as he said on Tuesday during his interview, as a deep throw down the right side to Juju Smith-Schuster. Right when I let it go, something was different in my elbow. I could feel a tingling all throughout my arm, and I knew it wasn't good. He finished the half and then never returned. Surgery, he says it wasn't Tommy John, but that completely changed the Pittsburgh Steelers season in the drop of a hat. And that's what injuries can do. And sadly, the Steelers have some players that have a history of injuries. And I don't mean just, well, they get banged up from time to time. There's one guy I'll talk about, and he might be categorized as just get banged up from time to time. But some of these players have missed significant amount of time throughout their time in Pittsburgh, 
and also throughout their time in the NFL. I, I Ben Roethlisberger, we just talked about him. We just talked to I mean, he is someone that even up until last season would typically be injured and miss a couple games. Will he be healthy coming off a year basically where he's got to rehab and rest and rejuvenate? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But there's other players to worry about too. James Conner, he tops the list. He definitely tops the list. He is still in his rookie contract and has yet to play in 16 games in one season. Even his Pro Bowl year, people forget he missed a chunk of that, the end of that season. It was the the uh, Jesse James game against the New England Patriots in Week 15. He did not play in that game because he was hurt. That was when Jalen Samuels uh, seemingly ran all over the Patriots. But still, James Conner, injury prone. That's fact. I don't like labeling people injury prone, but if you're going to, if you're going to look up injury prone in Webster's dictionary, you might find a picture of James Conner. Vance McDonald. He's another one. It, it just seems like he's, he's not getting those injuries that are just putting him on the shelf for months and months, but he's always banged up, always banged up a shoulder, quad knee concussion. I'm not downplaying head injuries, folks. It's just fact. He's always on the shelf, period. Hey, here's a guy they just signed, pretty big contract, Eric Ebron. He's dealt with injuries throughout his career. And you're talking about two tight ends. That's concerning. That's really concerning. But still, Ebron's a guy that's definitely dealt with. The last season for Indianapolis, it was an ankle. And it was there was a big question. And some people, not me, but some people, said, is this the next Ladarius Green? Is this the next guy that is super hyped up, that's going to be tremendous, that this is the guy that's going to really transform the Steelers' offense, especially in the red zone? He's going to be dynamic, and then he never sees the field. Now, I think Ladarius Green was a unique case, but I I think Ebron, he, he has said, and he has shown in videos on social media, if you trust that stuff, I do, that Ebron looks healthy. His ankle looks good. He's running, he's cutting, he's jumping. Looks good. But still, the injury history does not lie. Next, Stefan Tuit. I love him. I love him, love him, love him. Stefan Tuit, if he can stay healthy, holy cow, he is going to annihilate offenses. But can he stay healthy? Last season, it was the pectoral injury. Uh, I think it was a torn biceps tendon the, the, the year prior or two years prior. He is a guy that has been plagued by those season-ending injuries, and that is a concern. The last player and someone I mentioned earlier is kind of someone that's always, always has something. Sometimes it's just a game here or there. Joe Hayden is someone that is typically kind of get kind of banged up and he's not getting younger. He's, you know, on the, on he, he's definitely towards the back end on the back nine. I'm a golfer. So I'm going to use a golf analogy here. He's on the back nine of his career. He's someone that if they can keep him healthy. And I read an article last season, last off season leading up to, the 2019 campaign where he has really changed the way he trains, changed the changes, the way he's eaten, eating and things like that seems to help, but he's still someone that always kind of gets banged up. That's a problem. So injuries are across the board and these are just players that are my goodness, that they have a history of having injuries. And when you talk about depth, because whenever you talk about injuries, you then have to look at the depth of the position and what's that look like. 2019, Ben Roethlisberger goes down. What's your depth? Not Joshua Dobbs. You traded him. It was Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. We all know how that played out. So when you look at a position like inside linebacker, if Devin Bush or Vince Williams gets hurt, who is stepping in? 
Ulysses Gilbert III, who barely played as a rookie in 2019, Robert Spillane, and you might be driving in your car thinking, who? Exactly. Robert Spillane. That's it. And that's it. No Tyler Medikevich. He's gone. Mark Barron, gone. You suffer an injury at one of these positions, and you are you're crippled. Look at safety. Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds. I like that duo a lot. I really do. I think they could be a great deep secondary duo if the the Steelers can put them in position to do what they do best. But if one of them gets hurt, who do you have? Marcus Allen, they can't make the team. Jordan Dangerfield, a special teams player, career backup. Who else? I might be forgetting someone. I don't think so. Boy, the cupboard is bare. I know they just picked up a safety. I cannot remember his name. I apologize. But I'm not really banking on a player they just picked up in the as training camp is starting to come in and be the savior for the depth at the safety position. Okay, look at we talked about quarterback, tight end, McDonald and Ebron were both names on this injury list. Players that are injury prone, they go down. Who do you have? Zach Gentry. Zach Gentry and some guy named Rex that they just picked up, a, a, I think last week. This is what we're talking about, folks. I, I hate doing shows like this. I hate it because I'm an optimist, and I never want to talk about injuries because you just react to them. Those are the reactionary things I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But my gosh, if the Steelers suffer an injury at some of these positions, it is going to be dire. It's going to be dire. There's no other way to put it. Dire is in football games won and lost. Period. It's important. That's really important. And the the thing is, is that injuries happen to every single team. No one is immune. No one is immune to suffering the injury here or there. You hope you don't have the key injury at a key position for the long term like the Steelers had in 2019. But there's no way of predicting exactly how that's going to go down. Oh, there's more to talk about, folks. There is more to talk about. Coming up after this break, we're going to talk about coaching, a little experience, and what the heck, we'll throw in some coronavirus talk. Yeah, that's right. We'll talk COVID right after this break. Stick around. All right, Steeler fans, we are back. Let's ride. Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, here with you, and we are continuing our talk. It's kind of, I call it negative talk, negative Nancy talk, Debbie Downer talk, if you remember that Saturday Night Live skit. Womp, womp, womp. But at the same time, maybe it's just realism. Maybe it's just looking at it as, hey, this could actually happen, and we need to talk about things that could actually happen. Not everything's always going to be happy and go lucky, although that would be an awesome place to live, you know? I digress. Let's get to it. Coaching is an issue that the Steelers are going to have to address, period. Period, 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 all across the board. From the coordinators on up, the Steelers need to focus on coaching. I'm talking about Randy Feetner, or as I call him, Randy Land. I'm talking about Butler, Keith Butler, and yes, I'm talking about Mike Tomlin. Now, I am a Mike Tomlin fan. I am not a Mike Tomlin basher. I typically tend to agree with Mike Tomlin more than I disagree. 
That does not mean that I find that he's a perfect coach. I think he is a very good coach. He is a motivator of men. He is a leader of men, but that doesn't mean he is perfect. He has issues. Here's what I want to see all three of these coaches do in 2020. Number one, put players in position to succeed. That's number one. So this is really geared towards the coordinators because we know that Mike Tomlin does not really get involved when it comes to how the game plans. He trust me, he has his hand in everything. He's the head coach. He said that openly, but he lets his coordinators do their job. He lets his assistants do their job. He will chime in from time to time, but he is the president and they are the governors of their individual states, so to speak. Randy Feetner with Ben Roethlisberger back, the key is to put their players in position to succeed, and that's not something that he did not do last year. Did not do. I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that running the Wildcat repeatedly after it worked successfully on Monday Night Football against the Bengals was a good decision in putting your players in the best chance to succeed. You can't tell me that running a Wildcat pass against the Ravens in Week 5 with Jalen Samuels was a good decision. Ever. Ever. Now, you can't tell me that Randy Feetner did his best job in 2019, period. So Ben's back, but that shouldn't matter. It should not matter. A good coach finds finds a way to get the best out of his players, no matter what. And he didn't do that. Keith Butler, it kind of looks like he, he did a pretty good job. Well, you know what I say? You should be doing a good job. Your defense is riddled with first and second round draft picks. If you can't do it with this lineup, you can't do it at all. Now, Keith Butler, he's been kind of pushed around a little bit, I feel. They bring in uh, Bradley to coach the secondary. They bring in other coaches to help facilitate the secondary and kind of sell him to, hey, focus on the front seven. That's what he does best. He was a linebacker's coach. But, you know, the funny thing is, is that I feel like even though they have brought in help, the help has helped. It hasn't hindered, it's helped. And so with, with Keith Butler... I feel like he's on the right track and he's definitely heading the right way. But Minka Fitzpatrick's going into his second year in the Steelers system, third year overall, second year in the system. Holy cow. You better find a way to put him in a position to make your defense even more dynamic than it was last year when they were top five in the league in sacks and led the league in takeaways. This is his challenge for Keith Butler. Don't get in the way. Do not get in the way. Feetner, Tomlin, Butler, don't get in the way of these players succeeding by putting them in position to succeed. Mike Tomlin, you he, I mean, my gosh, he's been doing it since 2007. You should know by now, coach, how to actually get the best out of your players, know when to get out of their way, know when to push the right buttons. I feel like he's very good at that. Sometimes coaches do the best when they just let their players play. And maybe that's what needs to happen with this defense. So the coaching, that is a concern for me, especially, especially with Randy Feetner. But I don't know if anyone else out there caught that. uh, I think it's called the NFL. I want to say game pass, but I'm not sure what it was. Anyways, it was where Brian Baldinger, Kurt Warner, and Minka Fitzpatrick is on the NFL network. It might've been game pass. I don't know. Whatever it's called. Really good show where they actually broke down film and they went all the way back to Miami and they were talking to Minka about what he was thinking on this play and that play and breaking down. It, it was it's 30 minutes of, of just, if you're a football junkie, my gosh, it's like heaven. And they said, what was it like at Alabama 
playing in the SEC because, man, in Alabama, we had a different defense every week. Every week, Saban was putting in something different. But what about Miami? Yeah, Miami, we were pretty much bouncing around. You know, we were changing things up every week. Well, what about when you got to Pittsburgh? And he kind of joked. He goes, well, they gave me my book. They said, well, you're not a book. You mean like your tablet? He goes, no, they still give out a book, man. They're old school. They go, oh, that's great. That's cool. That's old school. I love that. I love that. He, what about you? He goes, now we just kind of run what we do. Yeah, they, they kind of were taken aback by it. Like, what? You, you don't switch up? He goes, nah, we just kind of, we play our game. And we know what we're going to be doing. And we're just going to go out and we're going to execute better. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this does not come off good, in my opinion. This does not come off good for Keith Butler. And it does not come off for good for Mike Tomlin. And I know they had success. But holy cow, put your players, put your people in the best position to succeed. That's what they have to do. Next concern for the 2020 season is experience. It's experience. Let's look at the offense. You know, you talk about your most experienced players. You have Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva. Yeah, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster, but let's also, let's not forget here that even though James Conner and Juju are extremely, they've been on the team for a long time, veteran-laden players, they're still on their rookie contracts, okay? They're still on their initial deals. And you might be thinking, what does that matter? What, what does that matter? They haven't even played four years in the league. In terms of veterans, I look at a veteran as someone that's on their second contract. You earned it with a, for, the, for a second time. That's a true veteran. But in terms of experience, those are the experienced players. I'll throw Matt Filer in there as well. He has yet to get his big second contract. I'm not counting the restricted free agent stuff. Still, you look at that offense, there's a lot of young players that I didn't mention that's experience. That's a concern. There's not a lot of experience on that offense outside of those players that I mentioned. And because of that, that is a cause for concern. Now the defense is a little bit more, uh, experienced veterans across the board. You have Cam Hayward, Stefan to Daniel McCullers, Vince Williams, Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson, Mike Hilton is in the same boat as Filer still has yet to get that big contract. Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, your safety duos still on their rookie contracts. Same thing. Still very young players. This situation here, as it pertains to the experience level, is going to definitely tie into the next topic, but it's something that fans should obviously be looking at and thinking, experience matters, especially in this 2020 season, experience really matters. And when you're looking at this, the defense should be okay. But on the offense, are they okay? Are they really okay? Zach Banner... He played last year. He's a tackle eligible guy. He's funny. He goes down to Station Square or downtown. He's doing the Christmas terrible towel giveaway. He's a funny guy. But can he block? Can he pass block? I don't know. We didn't see him do much of that last year. Every time he was in there, they ran the football. He's moving forward. Chooks a core for. Everyone said that if he would have gone to Alabama in college, he would have been a first round pick. We have yet to see anything that resembles that type of player since he's been in Pittsburgh. Okay. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, Jalen Samuels, maybe Benny Snell, Kareth White. That's a lot of players I'm naming, not to mention the quarterbacks with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges. And, you know, if you want to talk about Lynch as well, Paxton Lynch, they all are very inexperienced. They're all very inexperienced. That is, again, this is not me being negative. These are facts. So the experience level on the defense, I'm not too concerned about experience level on the offense, especially with Roethlisberger missing an entire season last year. Yeah, that's a concern. 
That is a concern. And is the experience as a whole, the entire team, the coaching staff, even though there's only two new coaches, Matt Canada, quarterback's coach, Ike Hilliard, wide receiver's coach, the experience that they have, boy, does this lead into the next topic of coronavirus implications. To me, this season reminds me a lot of 2011. And I'm not the only one that's talked about this. This is not like some you know, giant revelation that everyone's like, Oh my gosh, what a great point. I've never heard of this before. Everyone's talked about it. 2011 was when they had the lockout. They missed a lot of stuff in the preseason. Um, they missed a lot of stuff in the off season. Didn't have OTAs, didn't have mini camp, all that stuff. They had to kind of, as Mike Tomlin would say, get on a moving train. Same thing this season. There's not going to be any preseason games. There's not going to be any dress rehearsals to iron out the kinks. It's just not going to happen. And so since it's not going to happen, the more experienced team, the more team that was able to keep their nucleus together has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl and being successful this year. It convinced me I'm wrong. I I just won't hear it because I don't think a team, i.e. the Cincinnati Bengals with a rookie quarterback that did not have any physical organized team activities, had no rookie minicamp, had no mandatory minicamp, and is going to have zero preseason games. Tell me why Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense are going to be able to succeed. I don't care if they're out at the on their field, wherever it is, and if they're in Cincinnati, if they're in Kentucky, if they're out there just he's thrown with A.J. Green, it doesn't matter. It's not game simulation. It's not LSU. I know the SEC is great, but it's just not the same. And so the teams that have leaders and veterans on their team, especially at key positions, are going to have an advantage. Period. The more experience that you have, the better. The less rookies that you need, not that you have, the less rookies that you need will be the teams that are successful. You think about the Steelers, they only had six picks in 2020. And the first pick was a second round pick in Chase Claypool. And I've said it since he was drafted, he's an insurance policy. They don't need Chase Claypool to go out there and to have a 1,000 yards receiving and catch 10 touchdowns and to be a dominant force. Would it be great if he was and he did? Absolutely. It would be awesome. Mapletron or whatever nickname he wants to go by will be trending on Twitter during game days. He will be, his jerseys will be, you know, worn across, across the world because Steeler Nation is global. We know this. But at the same time, I don't think anyone is sitting here thinking or expecting That's a key word. I don't think anyone is expecting this to actually take place, nor does it have to. Now, if an injury happens and he has to step up, that's a different story. But Chase Claypool is probably going to be your number four wide receiver to start the season on the depth chart. They're probably going to have specific packages for him in the offense, but they're not going to go out there on game day and say, Chase, you got to win your matchup or else we're going to be screwed. I.e. what they used to say to Antonio Brown. Hey, Antonio, we're going to Baltimore, M&T Bank Stadium. You're going to be triple covered, basically, with brackets. Uh, we're going to need you to beat that, because if not, we have no one opposite you. Martavis Bryant's not there. Um, you know, we, we know the slew of receivers they threw out there opposite him. So the less rookies that you have to rely on, the better. And when you look at the Steelers' rookies, I don't think there's any anyone in their right mind would say that they're going to rely on any rookie 
you know, Anthony McFarland might bring a unique wrinkle to the offense as the, at the running back position. I talked about Claypool. Alex Highsmith could be a special teams demon and maybe just maybe provide some situational pass rushing skills. But even then, I don't think that you would expect that or need that with TJ Watt and Bud Dupree. He's a guy that, hey, learn this year. Learn the craft. Learn from these players that are above you on the depth chart. And then next year, come in with a sense of it's my turn. That's what they want. And let, let's be honest here. And then when you go further down the road, you have more and more players that they they have some intrigue to them. But again, you're not going to be relying on them. And that's important. So it's not always sunny in Pittsburgh. I, I sound depressed just saying that. It's not always sunny in Pittsburgh. And I'm not talking about the weather. I'm not Joe DiNardo. And those that grew up in the 412 area code or around there that had Channel 4 WTAE, you know Joe DiNardo. Joe knows. That's what they used to always say. I remember watching Joe DiNardo as a kid praying for cancellations in the winter for snow. But still, it's not always sunny in Pittsburgh when it comes to the Steelers because every year something goes wrong. It's it's just every year it happens. Last year for the Steelers, it was Ben Roethlisberger's injury. Uh, in previous years, you've had other situations. <laughs> we could go into the Le'Veon Bell saga. You could go into the Antonio Brown saga. Uh, you could go into, and that's the thing. I didn't even talk about off the field stuff here, gang. Didn't even mention off field stuff. You know, what if a player goes off as rocker and does a Facebook live in the middle of a, of a post-game celebration in the locker room in Kansas City. Holy cow. So for me, <laughs> oh my gosh, I still can't believe you did that. For me, it's tough for me to talk about this stuff. It's tough for me to go in on the negative side, going to the dark side, as some, some would say. It's tough for me to do that. But at the same time, I think it's important to do that right now because the Steelers are just starting training camp, and right now everyone's excited. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all you know, looking at websites like behind the steel curtain.com, you better be listening, look, checking out behind the steel curtain.com, uh, where I am the co-editor with Mr. David Schofield and listening to all our podcasts with Brian, Anthony Davis and Tony Defio and Michael Beck and, and Jeffrey Benedict, etc. But, and oh my gosh, I forgot about big bro, rich Schofield for the big bro Sco show. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what they call it, but still for me, you should be checking out all the behind the steel curtain stuff because we're all excited right now. We are all excited. We're chomping at the bit for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get back on the field and to see what it looks like. I think that you all feel the way I do normally. And that's let's, well, hold on. Let me grab them here. Okay. Let me put on my black and gold glasses again. Ah, and the world focuses again, the world focuses again, and we're back. We're back. That's right optimism galore there might be some issues this year there always are but hey we'll get over it we'll get over it i'll be back tomorrow that's thursday thursday's a weird day just weird in general but i'm gonna be back on thursday for another episode of let's ride topic to be determined we'll see what happens tomorrow we see what vince williams and deontay johnson have to say they're gonna be talking um but ultimately we'll see uh and you know what Make sure you're following us on all our podcast platforms, whether you listen on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, uh, you name it. Follow us. Please follow, subscribe. If you listen on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Give us a good comment. Believe it or not, it does help. And don't forget to listen to all of our other shows and check us out on YouTube for our live show. That's a pretty fun thing. I'll be on Thursday night for the Steelers preview. I'll pump that up again. But hey, in the meantime, let's put those glasses back on. Black and gold glasses, baby. Here we go. Steelers, that's right. Stairway to seven. I feel it. I feel it. I hope you do too. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of Let's Ride. Take it easy. Be safe. Be kind.